God bless you. It's so good to be back again with you today. Thank you so much for coming. We realize it's not always possible to come to a service and to travel there and to fellowship with the other people there, so we bring the service to you, wherever you are. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you discover God's peace and His promises for your life. You know, today we're going to begin a three-part series entitled, Your New Life, Your New Life. And today's message is the first part of that three-message series. In your new life, in order to grow, you're going to need three things. You're going to need to learn about prayer. You're going to need to learn about God's Word. And you're going to need to learn about the benefits of fellowship with other believers. And so we're covering the thing of prayer today. That's what the message is going to be like. So if you'd open in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, that's where we're going to be today. And we'll also show those verses up here on the video screen for you, just to make it easy for you to follow along. I'd like to talk to you today about growing in prayer. You know, when a seed is planted, three things become important to its survival and growth. One is water. That tiny little seed is dry and lifeless without the life-giving water it needs to break forth into new life and to grow. The second thing that seed needs is sunshine. That sunshine is going to be converted once it gets into the leaves of that little plant as it breaks above the ground. And that light is going to be converted into mechanisms that make that seed and that plant grow even more. In fact, the real growth starts to happen when the light hits. The water gets it above the ground because it goes into the roots of that little seed, that sprout that's come out of that seed. But the sunshine, when that hits, oh, that thing takes off in growth. And the light from the sunshine provides nutrients and, and takes that water and the minerals that came up through the soil and turns them into food for that new little plant, for that new little life. And then the third thing that that little seed, that little plant, that new life needs is it needs to be protected from bad things in the ground around it. Here's what I'm saying. The weeds and the other things that can grow up around that little plant can very quickly grow higher than that plant and their leaves will block the sunlight from reaching the new little plant, the new seed, you see. And it can also, down below the ground, their roots, those weeds have roots that extend down into the ground and start taking up that mineral content out of the ground and the moisture and the water that the little seed needs to survive and to thrive and to grow. So just like that situation with that seed in our own lives, we need water for our new life to grow and we need sunshine, we need light for our new life to grow. And we have to be careful not to let the things of the world choke out the sunshine, block out the sunshine from our plants, our new life, and also to take the moisture and the minerals away from what we need to grow. We have to protect ourselves and be pure. We have to focus on God and not have one foot in the world and the other foot in the kingdom of God. We need to decide where we're going to be. It's either going to be a world or it's going to be the kingdom of God. You need to make that decision. But once you make that decision and you start 
reading God's Word and you start exercising time in prayer to God, then you're going to be protected. And all those things are going to work for your benefit, the water, the prayer, the light, the Word, and being protected from the world because God's going to help you. He's going to guide you, but you have to make the decision that your life is going to be His from now on. And once that happens, you start growing. You grow taller and taller. You start bearing more and more leaves, and as you get more and more leaves, those leaves can, connect, can collect more and more light. As those roots grow deeper and more roots go out and they become stronger, they start getting more moisture and more mineral content from the soil. And now you're growing and you're thriving in your new life. When a person is born again by believing in Jesus Christ as Lord, these three things that we've been talking about are what makes you grow. You're gaining wisdom and understanding through the reading of God's Word. You're growing in fellowship with other people and you're praying and having a good relationship with God Himself. Prayer, what we're talking about today, is the life-sustaining connection to God. It is your new life. It is the roots for your new life. Few people fully understand what prayer is, though, and how to pray. They don't understand what it does, and they have all kinds of questions about prayer. I know believers who have been believers for many, many years who pray, but they're still unsure if they're doing it right or if there's something else that they should do. They're unsure as to how they should be. Are they kneeling? Are they sitting? Are they standing with their hands raised? What is it about prayer that they think that they need to do? And they still have a lot of questions, and they don't really know the answers to those questions yet. We're going to be covering those for not only the new people who have just believed, but also for the experienced, mature believer who would like to understand more about prayer. The first place to go when looking for these answers is the Word of God. In it, God tells us what we need to know about communing with Him, spending time with Him. He tells us, He also reminds us, that we need a place and a time in our days where we can set aside for praying and for communing with God. A time of prayer, a place of prayer, and of quiet devotion. Quiet devotion. Did you know that you don't really have to talk during prayer? God has a lot more to say than you do, really, if you think about it. So prayer is also listening to God. We need a place also to where we can think and remember and consider the things that God's done for us. Whether we pray in words or we pray in quiet thought, the goodness and the greatness of God is something that we should be thinking back on and remembering the times when He's shown us favor, the times when He heard our cries for help. We need a place where we can go and be transparent with Him. The key to prayer is to be sincere and have a humble heart. I'm going to say that again. The key to prayer is to be sincere, honest, and to have a humble heart. You draw closer to Him when you're being honest with Him. He sees your heart. He sees that your heart is tender and that it's soft. 
He knows that you're not lying to him. He knows that you don't have any ulterior motives. He knows that you're coming to him and you're pouring everything that's in your mind, everything that's on your heart, out onto the table and presenting it to him and asking for his help. And since he's your heavenly father, he delights in helping his children. He wants to draw you closer to him. He loves these times of fellowship when we spend our time getting closer to him. You draw closer to him, he draws closer to you. That's what the Bible says. It's in these times of solitude, away from the storms of life, of the urgent things that need to be done. It's in these times one-on-one -on -one with him in which you find peace for each new day. I'll say that again. It's in the times of solitude and prayer to God that you find peace. It's not in some peace treaty that people sign. It's not in the promises of a politician or a political party. It's in communing with God. That is where you find true peace. And that kind of peace goes deep, deep, deep in the heart. It's a peace that the world can never take away. It's a peace that keeps you safe and confident that God is doing what He needs to do in your life, even though you're in the middle of a storm that's raging and swirling around you. You'll find peace for each new day, and you'll sense His care and His love for you. It's in these times of quiet reflection which you call out to Him and give Him the cares that are on your mind. And the worries that you try to build up in your own mind, leave those behind. They would otherwise rob you of the peace that God wants to give you. All that the world has to offer cannot compare with God's promise that He'll always be with you and that He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And when you know that, when you realize that in your life every day, you'll understand that He's right there with you. So He's your loving Heavenly Father. He's proven His love to you. So nothing can happen to you without His permission. And anything that He allows to happen to you is going to grow you and make you stronger and better. Jesus asked in the New Testament in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, He says, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Is he going to be profited anything? Is it going to be worth anything if you gain all the riches in the world, but yet you lose your own soul? There is no possession you could desire, no riches you could acquire that can compare with the promise of God to be with you as you go forward into each new day. You say, well, Pastor Stephen, I understand. That sounds good, sounds pretty, but that's New Testament. I'm Jewish and I need to hear it from the Torah. I need to understand what the Old Testament or what we call the Tanakh says. Did you know in the Torah, in the book of Hasefer Shemot, Beperek Shloshim Veshalosh, Bepasuk Chameshesre, what I just said in English is in the Torah, in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 15, Moshe Hanavi, Moses the prophet, asked God for one single thing. Out of all the things that Moses 
could have asked for God as he was being used by God to lead Israel through the wilderness to the promised land. Out of all the things that could have come into Moses' mind to ask God for, he didn't ask him for riches. He didn't ask him for wisdom. He didn't ask him for wealth or possessions of any kind. He didn't ask him for a big powerful army to protect them from the kings in the wilderness and the lands that they were going to and through. He didn't ask for any of that. The one thing that Moses asked for was he said, God, if your presence does not go up with us, do not bring us up from here. You know what it's saying? He's saying, God, don't even ask us to get up and go anywhere else unless you promise us that you're going to be with us. Moses was a very, very wise man. Moses understood that out of all that could be desired, the thing that was most coveted, the thing that was the greatest thing that he could desire was for the very presence of God to be with him every day. Because he knew that if God's presence is there, everything else is going to be provided. God's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to show you which way to go, tell you which way not to go. You are in His loving hand. Moses was saying, God, you're all we really need. In your presence, all of our needs are met. In your presence, all of our worries are taken care of. In your presence, we're protected. We're provided for. You're the Lord, our healer. We're instructed in your ways. We've come to know you. In your presence, all our anxieties disappear. Everything we need is in your presence. You see, Moses understood this important truth. God is all we need. When He is ours and we're His, that relationship will take care of every need you'll ever face, every trial you'll ever come across. It will conquer every mountain you'll ever need to climb, and it'll see you through every valley you ever need to cross. In His presence, all our needs are met, and in His presence, our lives are changed and made new. It all comes down to spending time in the presence of God. Because what good is it if God is there if you never talk to Him? Yes, He's watching you. He's waiting for you. But remember, He's your Heavenly Father. He longs to talk to you. Sometimes you'll be able to find a quiet place around, away from all of the confusion of the world. At other times, you'll be walking through the very center of the storm that's swirling around you. And yet in both of those situations, you can be alone with God in the privacy of your own thoughts, in that secret room in your own heart. He's always there waiting for your heart to be drawn close to Him, waiting for His child to desire to be near Him. You see, you can pray with the words of your mouth or you can pray with the words of your heart. The important thing is that you pray, spending time each and every day with your Heavenly Father. That's what our scripture today talks about. It teaches you how to pray and the amazing difference that prayer can make in your life. Let's look at Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7. It says in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus now this is an amazing verse it's an amazing verse in which God himself promises the peace for us it's not a paper peace or a treaty it's not a temporary peace or a ceasefire it's a real peace that the Bible says passes all understanding it's a real peace that nobody or nothing can take away from you ever it's a peace that no matter what storms are swirling around you and blowing past you this peace will keep you calm inside and sure everything it'll assure that everything is going to work out that it's going to turn out for the good because you know that God is right there with you and that God is good and he loves you if you know God is good and he loves you what else do you really need in life it seems to me nothing else is really important God is all-powerful he's the creator of all things he created you in his image he loves you he proved that on the cross of Calvary and he's all-powerful he can do anything he wants but since he loves you all he wants to do is bless you and help you and keep you and protect you and prosper you and grow you in the things of the Spirit what is not to like about that God is all you need no matter what comes your way he'll keep that peace in your heart and calm you even in the middle of the storm it's all going to work out for good for the good let's look at the scripture closer and its promises it says at the first part it says be anxious for nothing let's talk about this for a little while what did that scripture say back up there it said be anxious for nothing in verse 6 but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God those are the things you're going to do verse 7 then says and here's what will happen when you do those things and the peace of God which passes all understanding far greater than you can imagine will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ Yeshua HaMashiach Jesus the Messiah and that first part of that verse be anxious for nothing I remember going to the dentist in many years gone past and I had a lot of dental work done on my teeth and it was so hard but the hardest thing were the days the few days the three or four days right before the dentist appointment you know what I mean that's when you're fearful and you think oh I don't want to go there this is gonna hurt and I don't want to go to the dentist you know and then for two or three or four days you're thinking oh I don't want to go there I really dread going to the dentist and you're causing all this pain and worry in yourself but then I always remembered that the day after the appointment I remember thinking back why was I worried I was in the dental chair and the dentist was doing his work and yeah, it might have been a little uncomfortable at first but really the greatest pain in the whole thing was when I was worrying about it for all those days before I even went to the dentist I was making myself feel terrible and worrying did my worrying do anything at all no didn't help at all 
All that worrying did was cause me more pain and more grief. It was terrible. But when I finally went there, I found out it wasn't as bad as I thought. And now because my teeth were better, I wouldn't have to go through further pain down the road. I put myself through so many things, so many painful things on my own. But that's what the first part of this verse is saying. Be anxious for nothing. Nobody likes being anxious. Nobody likes not knowing what's going to happen and worrying about what's going to happen. Wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to worry about that stuff? That's what God's saying that you can do. It's up to you. Be anxious for nothing. He didn't really just suggest it there, child of God. He commanded it there. Be anxious for nothing. He knows that everything is yours. He knows that He's going to take care of every problem you face. Yeah, you're still going to grow. There's going to be moments of uncomfortable situations and there's going to be times when you cause yourself pain and you're going to have to learn from those experiences. But God is there to pick you back up when you fall. God is there to patch those wounds back up. God is there to heal you and to bring you through and bring you out of it all a stronger, better person than you were before. If you didn't have him there, you'd keep continuing in your own ways and go off the wrong path. And you're walking around in the darkness. You don't even know where you're going. You might step off a cliff and fall and really hurt yourself then. But when your life belongs to him, the light of his word will guide you. And you have confidence that he's with you, protecting you. How many times did you notice that something terrible almost happened to you in a car and you started to change lanes. You looked in the mirror. No one was there and you were going to change lanes over. All of a sudden this big truck passed you just at the time when you were about to turn over. You didn't see that truck. He was in your blind spot. And what did you say? You go, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you did not let me change lanes during that time. God has his hand on you. And he wants to do amazing things in your life. You're called for a purpose, a reason in life. And God's going to see you through until he accomplishes that purpose, that high and noble calling in your life. But we hurt ourselves when we worry. We shouldn't worry. Knowing that God is there and understanding how much he cares for us and how much he loves us and how powerful he is, we should be able to take that worry out and just set it over here and walk away from it. There's things in life that God's going to bring you through. But that's the good news. He's going to bring you through them. You don't have to worry about what you're going to do, how you're going to cope with it. God's going to see you through. And none of this stuff surprises Him. He's always watching over you. He's there to keep you. He's El Shaddai, God Almighty. And he's already proven his love for you, like we said on the cross. Just rest in his love and in his care. He's the one that's watching over you. You need to realize that there's things that are going to happen in life that you can't change. And it's easy to get all worried and upset about a trial you're going through. But consider this. You're not strong enough anyway. You're not wise enough anyway to face the problems on your own. But the good news is is that you were created by the maker of all things, the one who is all-powerful and all-knowing, and he made you to be his child. 
What I'm telling you is He loves you. So stop trusting in your own knowledge and in your own plans and put your life into God's loving hands. And when you do, you're going to see how much He cares for you. The second thing that we want to discuss out of this verse that we read today, he says, pray about everything. He says, be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. In other words, don't try to do all these works yourself to try to fix this problem and everything. Pray about it. Let the creator of the universe take care of things. He's the one who knows tomorrow. He's the one who's all powerful. Wouldn't you rather have him on the job than you? You know, as a beloved child, you were not meant to worry about anything. You simply need to let him take care of everything. You don't have to be eloquent when you pray, when you talk to God. You don't have to read a, a book of prayer and read someone else's prayers to God. God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from your own heart. You say, well, I don't know how to say it, and I might, I might say something wrong. You know what? God just wants to hear from you. You're a little child, remember? This is your new life. You're born again. You're learning the things of God. There's going to be times when you choose the wrong word. So what? There's going to be times when you say things in an awkward way. So what? God says anyway in His Word. He says, God is not like a man. He doesn't look on the outside. He looks at the heart. God knew the words of your heart before they ever became sounds from your mouth. You can trust God to know what you mean, what you feel. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to read from a prayer book. In fact, reading from a prayer book and reading someone else's prayers and just memorizing them, you can memorize that prayer and say it over and over and over again while you're doing some crossword puzzle or working on your computer. What good is that? God wants to hear from you. He wants your communication to Him to be real, to be genuine, to be authentic. He wants to hear from your heart and He wants it to be a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with Him. And then the other thing is God is more interested in you saying what is on your own heart than He is about you talking about what somebody else said. He wants you to be honest and sincere with Him. It's the simple prayers that capture His heart the most, I believe. I read the story not long ago of a little girl that prayed for her mother. The little girl was only about five years old, and it was New Year's Day. And that night, her mother was going to a party. There was going to be a babysitter for her little daughter. The party that her mother had gone to, the little girl remembered from last year, what was going to happen was her mother was going to go and get drunk. She was going to come home and not be herself. She was going to like be running into walls and doors, saying crazy things, not remembering all kinds of things, not even thinking much about her little girl. The little girl didn't want this to happen. And the little girl happened to look in a paper earlier that week, and she saw that this Christian evangelist was coming to town and would be having these sessions at a large auditorium in town where many people would be coming. 
and this evangelist was going to be talking to people about the hope that's in God's word and praying for people and for people to come to know the Lord and to give their problems and their lives to him. So this little five-year-old girl started trying to talk to her mother and says, Mom, I want to go and see this evangelist. Will you take me to see this evangelist at this meeting, when this, this day, at this time, at this place? And the mom said, no, I can't do that because I, you know I've got a party tonight that I'm going to and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. They happened to make that evangelist meeting at the same time, New Year's Eve. But then finally the girl just started crying. The little girl started crying and she just kept crying and wouldn't be consoled. And her mother finally gave in and says, oh, okay, okay, for you, I'll go and see this evangelist and we'll go together. Long story short, the mother went to that meeting that time. In that meeting, the evangelist talked about God's love, talked about how God can fix what's broken. That particular thing caught the attention of the mother, and the mother started leaning forward in her chair and listening more closely. As the evangelist talked about God fixing problems in people's families, God doing miracles in people's lives. The mother knew that her husband had been drinking and was out all the time. It wasn't really a marriage. The little five-year-old daughter somehow had the wisdom to see all of this and had been praying and asking God to fix the problems. God, will you fix what's broken? That mother that day gave her life to Jesus Christ. She believed on him as Messiah and Lord. And from that day, her life started being changed. She went home. And then when her husband finally came home, he expected to see a drunken wife. Instead, he saw a woman that was somehow smiling and seemed to be glowing with some sort of love and and a, a miraculous type change in their life. And he wondered about it. But he didn't give in right at first. But he watched her very closely over the next few weeks. Within a few weeks, the husband became convicted and said, Man, I look at you and your life is new. You're a new person. What happened to the old person? You're completely healed, and now you're healthy, you're at peace. I wished I had peace like that. The husband gave his life to the Lord that night. It went on, and the little girl was thrilled. She now had a mommy and a daddy who were happy and full of peace and a trusting God for their family's welfare and benefit and protection and keeping. But they had a grandfather. She had a grandfather that was a much older man and he would go out and stay at the bars all night long. Sometimes he didn't even come home and sleep in the little room back in the back of their house. He stayed out all night. They didn't know where he was. They didn't know if he was alive or dead. Many times they would look out the front door at night to see if maybe he was coming down the street. And they would see him sleeping on the grass in the front lawn. He didn't even have the strength. He was so drunk, he fell asleep on the front lawn. Out in the weather, 
out with the sprinklers dripping all over him. And the next morning when no one was looking, he came in with a shamed look on his face, went back to the bathroom and tried to clean himself up. This happened over and over again. No one knew how to help him. Everyone knew, though, that he was trying to kill himself, it seemed like. It wasn't going to be long before his life would ebb out because no man could continue that kind of life for long. He was slowly dying right before their eyes. The little girl prayed again. Something happened the very next night. The man went out to the bars. He got drunk. He came back. He was sleeping on the front lawn. And the little girl saw and she prayed again. And without explanation of any kind, suddenly the man who couldn't even stand on his own two feet jumped up to his two feet and started walking back into the house in a straight line just like he had never touched a drink. He walked all the way back to the restroom. He took off his clothes, threw them away, got new clothes, cleaned up and everything. And from that day forward, never touched another drop of alcohol. A mother came to God. A husband followed because the mother came to God. And a grandfather who was close to death was saved from his addiction that was killing him. All because a little girl of five years old prayed a simple prayer. What I'm saying is God can fix what's broken. You just talk to God out of an honest, sincere heart. And He will take care of things. Don't be anxious for anything. In everything, give it all to God. And then the last thing it says, in everything, be thankful. It's the last thing that verse says. It's important to remember and take the time to return and give God thanks for the things He's done for you already. I like to take some time every once in a while and just take a little piece of paper in a room and sit there with a cup of coffee and take a pen and start writing the things that God's done for me over the last five years. Some of the real, real important things that almost seemed like they were life or death at the time. And God had bailed me out. God had fixed what was broken in my life. But today was a different day. It's a busy day. I'm facing new problems. And that makes it hard for you to be motivated and to remember to return and consider the things that God has already done for you. When you consider the trials that He's brought you through, the times you cried out to Him and He answered you, when you consider the many, many times in life that He's protected you from dangers that you never even saw coming, it's easy to be thankful. But you need to take the time to consider. You need to take the time to remember the goodness and faithfulness of God. Then, as you do, it gives you faith for the things that you're going through today, doesn't it? Because you remember how He came through before, so you start looking at the problem you're going through today, and you go, well, you know what? 
He helped me then. He brought me through it. I didn't think there was any hope, but look, He brought me through this and that and this and all of these other things on the list that I made, and I'm sure there's many things I can't even remember still. So why am I worried about today? All I need to do is spend time in His presence, and God will take care of me. And that's what that verse said, isn't it? It's exactly what the verse said. Don't be anxious for anything, but pray about everything and be thankful in everything. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will rule in your hearts through Christ Jesus. You see what I'm saying? This isn't just about yesterday and things that God's done before. This is about today and things that you're facing today. It gives you faith and confidence when you consider what He's done before to see how He's going to fix things today. But you just know that He's the one that's going to do it. Here's the key. Spend the time in the presence of God. He's always on duty. He doesn't slumber nor sleep, the Bible says. He's caring for you. And you see how important you are. He sees how important you are to Him. He's not going to let anything hurt his little child. And even though you go through trials in life, God's going to bring you through them safely. Not around them. He'll bring you through them successfully and overcoming that trial that you thought was going to overcome you because of his presence with you. He's going to shield you. He's going to empower you. He's going to set you straight on a course and bring you through that trial and out the other side successfully. When your hand is in his... He's going to guide you safely through life and all of its trials. And that's why the child of God can give thanks in everything. As Romans 8, 28 says, it says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. God causes everything to work together for the good. Wait a minute, Stephen. Are you saying He causes even the bad things that have happened to me? He causes those to somehow turn into good? Yes, that's exactly what He's saying. The things that the enemy sends your way to try to destroy you, God is going to take that. He's going to intercept it, turn it into a blessing instead. Here's what I'm saying. When you're a child of God, you can't lose He'll make everything that you come against, everything that you go through, every trial you face work out for your good. And that's a promise you can certainly be thankful for, right? You see, there's the three keys to prayer right there. God's plan for peace in your life is right here. Look at this verse in the book of Daniel, in the Tanakh, Daniel the prophet, Daniel Hanavi. The Perek uh, Eser, Vipasuk eser ad shtemesre. Chapter 10 in the book of Daniel, verse 10 through 12. It says, Suddenly, Daniel says, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said, that's the angel, said to Daniel, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you and while he was speaking this word to me, I stood there trembling. And he said to me, don't fear, Daniel. Do not fear, Daniel, for the, from the first day that you set your heart to understand 
and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. I'm going to read that again. He said, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Prayer changes things. You remember that. That's not some nice little slogan that you hang in a little picture on the wall. That's the truth, the powerful truth. Prayer changes things. Your words, spoken from a humble and contrite heart, will move the hand of God. And God will send help. God loves you. He wants to take care of you. When you plan things on your own and you worry on your own, you're building a house of cards. And eventually it's going to fall. But when God builds it, it will stand. And He'll fix those problems around you. You're not wise enough to handle those really tough things that come against you, but God is. You're not strong enough to beat every obstacle you face, but God is. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. Something may happen that causes your plans to fall apart. You don't know the future, but God does. He knows where to put you today so that you'll be safe tomorrow. And He will even take everything the enemy throws at you and turn it into good, remember? He'll turn it into a blessing instead. That's the kind of love and care He gives to His children. Why not just rest in His care? And watch the amazing things that He wants to do in you. Get alone with God and pour your heart out to Him. Enjoy His presence every day in your life. Psalm 91, verse 1 through 2. I love this verse. It says, The one who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Notice it's a secret place. It's not a place where you bring your friends. It's a place for you alone to come and commune and fellowship with God. Then you'll be under His shadow, protected by His presence. Then He says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. What is a refuge? What's a fortress? It's a thing, a strong tower that you run into to be safe from the enemies, to be safe from the storm. It says, my God, in Him I will trust. I'm not going to trust myself. I'm not going to trust my own wisdom, my own plans. I'm not going to trust my own strength. In Him I will trust. That's what it says. Now you may be saying, I don't know, Stephen. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. And if I say the wrong things, won't God be angry with me? No. You just don't understand God's heart yet. When you were born into this physical life, you didn't know how to talk. You didn't know how to walk. You didn't know how to act. It took time to learn those things. But in the meantime, you had entered life. And you would learn everything you needed to know over time. In the same way, when you're born again into your new spiritual life by believing on Jesus as Lord and Messiah, 
you are now a child of God. You're in the family of God. And God loves you greatly. He knows that you're going to be learning the basics of your new life over time. When He looks at you, He's smiling and desiring for you to get to know Him. He's Abba. He's Daddy. Abba is how we say it in Israel. It's in Hebrew. It's not Av, like Father. It's Daddy, Abba. And you can see and hear all these little children speaking to their fathers as they're walking down the streets of Tel Aviv and other cities. and say, Abba, Abba. And say, Daddy, Daddy. That's what that little child is saying. Elohim, who Abba Shalano. He's our father. He's our daddy. And he wants to take care of you and he loves you greatly. As long as you're with him, he's going to watch over you. He's going to protect you and provide for you. And he's going to patiently teach you what you need to grow and mature in your new life. His love is far, far greater than anything you can imagine. Just settle in for the amazing journey that he has for you. You're not going to be disappointed. It'll be the most wonderful experience you could ever have. Why don't you give life to Him today, right now? If you call out to Him, He'll hear that cry and He'll answer you. He'll rescue you from the darkness. He'll shine His light on your heart and you'll be given newness of life. He'll change you into a new person and throw all that bad history and baggage away. You'll be completely new and He'll give you everlasting life in the kingdom of heaven with Him. That's guaranteed by God Himself. This is going to be a wonderful time going through this series, explaining what your new life is and what comes with it. God bless you. Thanks so much for coming today. God is going to do amazing things in your life. Don't you worry about anything. You just give it all to Him. Be anxious for nothing, like He said. Just realize that in His presence, all of your needs are met and that everything is going to work out for you as long as you are there with your hand in His. His love for you is greater than anything you can imagine. He's going to make you into a new person. And we want to give you that opportunity today to believe in Jesus as the Messiah and the Lord and to have new life if you have not received Him and believed on Him before. We want to give you that opportunity to receive Him and have God's peace in your life through Him today. You can be saved and given everlasting life in heaven by simply believing that God sent His one and only Son into the world to save you from judgment. Just pray something like this. God, I do want to know who you are. I want to know what you're like. I want to know your heart. I want to know you. And I want to have real peace in life. I believe on your Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as Lord. Please forgive all my sins. I give my life to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, God heard you. And He's already started working in your life. Over time, you're going to begin to see the changes He's making in your heart. You're going to like what you see. Get in a good Bible-based church. Learn about Him and His Word. Talk to Him every day in prayer. He's going to do amazing things in your life.